Hey everyone, and welcome back to Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 16. I'm your host, Damien Ross, and I'm also the publisher of a new digital nomad magazine called Rootless Living. Don't forget, you can head over to rootlessliving.com and grab a free digital subscription of the Rootless Living magazine. On this episode, I chat with Chris and Ellen Horton, where they'll be sharing how they've been able to travel the world and be able to stay in some of the most amazing locations for free. Let's get into the episode so you can find out how they've been doing it. All right, with that, I want to welcome Chris and Ellen to the show. Chris, Ellen, how are you guys? Hello. Hey, great, Good. thanks. I'm really excited to have you guys on because one, uh, this is going to be a little bit of a new format for the podcast. So if you've listened to the previous episodes, it's a little different in the sense that I've already kind of told you a little bit about them, but we're going to dive a little deeper. But I'm excited for two reasons, and I, I don't mean to like pigeonhole you in a little category, but one, because your age, both of you kind of being under 30, which is really cool. And then the fact that you're not necessarily living in a vehicle that you're without a vehicle in a sense and you're without a home which is really I mean that's like you ain't got no roots there's nothing there you guys yeah <laughs> you're a, a floating flower in the river I, that's the worst <laughs> analogy I think I've ever done so before we get in and explain how you're kind of living now um, I know you guys kind of put like a date where you felt like you transitioned to what you're doing now in January of 2018 let's kind of go back before that and talk about like where you were living, where you were working, and just kind of how this idea came about. So let's go back in time. Tell me a little bit about yourselves. So it kind of all started, I was living in Los Angeles, and I was visiting my parents, and, and I... Was it Christmas? Yeah, yeah, over Christmas, visiting my parents, and we were at this like faux English pub in Orlando, Florida, uh, and I was like, I wonder what this is like in real life, like like this, this cozy wooden pub and the football jerseys on the, on the ceiling. Like, what does this look like in real life? Not just like in Orlando. So I, I came home and Ellen and I were long distance at the time. And I called her up and I said, Ellen, you know, crazy idea. Like I'm at the studio. It's a, my internship's about to end. My, my, I'm on a month to month. So my rent's about to end. Your job was about to end. I was getting ready to move to LA because I was living in Missouri at the time. And her, her, her job was about to take a hiatus as well. So we both had this like month of time where we had no rent obligations. We had no job obligations. I said, what if we take the money we, we, take the money we saved and we just traveled for this next month? And I was all in. <laughs> I had already like kind of thought in my mind, I was like, that'd be kind of a crazy idea if we did that. Because we talked about travel before, but it was always like focus on career or focus on like our, the next thing we need to do. And then when he brought it up, I was like, okay, it has to happen. We both have had this thought. And <laughs> so we left like two weeks after that conversation. We planned everything in two weeks and left with our backpacks and did the classic like backpacking through Europe for a six weeks trip. Um, you know, totally broke and having tons of fun. <laughs> nice. um, and then we came back to LA and my mind, I was thinking, okay, great. Like we, you know, we did the backpacking thing. It'll be good. Like I've, you know, checked it off my list. Get out of your system. <laughs> Um, and got back to LA and got a job and working and everything. And we just realized we were like, wow, like we just missed it. We missed like that feeling of being on the road. We missed meeting new people every day and we missed those experiences. So, um, that's when I started, I was working in an office, um, a really cool company and got like, you know, classic, like 
LA life. It was a lot of fun, but I realized it was like still like office life wasn't really for me. Um, I had in my mind, I thought that it would be at a cool office, but it just wasn't. So well, it was a cool office. It was, just... yeah. Um, but you know, three hour driving every day in the commute yeah. was pretty terrible. Um, so I then I started looking for remote jobs. I had a friend who was working remotely and I was like, wow, like this is a cool thing. I can still work in my field and do something I enjoy, but I could work remotely and not have to have a three hour drive every day and be able to travel more. So um, I got a remote job that fall and still living in LA and you were working at the studios there. And that's when I realized like, if I was able to somehow take my job remotely as well, making music, how, if I was able to do that on the road, we'd be, both be able to be completely rootless and go wherever we want, whenever we want and stay however long we wanted to. Because up until that point, we were just taking like weekend road trips and like California was great for that, of course. But like we were still just missing the longer term travel um, more than just like a, a weekend at a time where we had to be within driving distance of LA because he was always on call and stuff. So, so yeah, then in December, fast forward a year and a half later, December 2017, you went freelance quit your job at the Is studio 17 or 18? 2017 yeah 2017 yeah that's and right. then um yeah yeah so december 17th i left the job at the studio and i proposed to ellen mm -hmm. and after that we went off on our first house sit to alaska yeah. so i had heard about house sitting through like other tra travelers friends that i knew and joined the house sitting community and i like got I was like, okay, we gotta get, you know, start doing house sits. It's great. Like, I'm working remote. You're doing freelance now. It's gonna be so much fun. Um, so we got our first house sit in Alaska in January because like, middle of winter, we had no reviews. So you kind of like take what you can get, sort of. Four hours of sunlight. <laughs> wow. But it was an amazing experience, and we loved it. We were both like super. I don't know, not skeptical, just like nervous going into it. Um, it's like, oh, this is, is this going to be weird? Um, but it was everything we really loved about travel. It was a way to live locally and like live locally and with a person. And like, we get to meet the person before they leave. And most of the time you're taking care of pets too. So we took care of a dog on that trip and we love pets. So it was kind of like the perfect fit for us. Um, and then we got to like have a house where we could work out of as well. And like, not, um, it's a little bit, a little bit more like practical for working remotely and traveling. <laughs> and you didn't feel the constant pressure of, man, I'm paying a hundred dollars for this place every single night. I have to really make it, you know, worth yeah. it every single day. You can more kind of go with the flow of the people and maybe to relax or just go mm -hmm. have a movie that night and relax in yeah. the, at the house. And then when we, at that time, we still had our apartments in LA. And we were coming back from Alaska and on our way back to LA, we got a message for a house sit opportunity for a month in France. In a 13th century chateau <laughs> family home. Yeah. Wow. And it was like, you had to leave in two weeks. And my, my lease was coming up. And at that point I hadn't been in my apartment for two months because we'd been traveling so much. And I was like, this is just ridiculous. Like <laughs> so it, it, came, it came to a position again, like we were in 2016 where we both didn't have the rent obligation. If, if the lease is coming up, maybe we can replicate the same thing. Yeah and use the money we would have paid for rent on travel. So I put my stuff in storage and I originally thought, oh, it'll just be for a few months and then we'll come back and get an apartment again in LA. And I like to tell people, it's like, that's kind of when I accidentally became a digital nomad. <laughs> I didn't, didn't really plan. <laughs> she never got another apartment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just kind of happened. <laughs> is the is the stuff still in storage? Um, So not anymore. So there we traveled for a little over a year and a half, almost two years. We traveled all of 2018, got married in December, and then we traveled for another eight months. And then in that time, we applied to the Tulsa Remote Program and got into the Tulsa Remote Program. So we moved here last August 
And so now we have like a home base kind of thing. And um, we're still like trying to decide if we want to go full time again and things like that. But it's been really great um, with the Tulsa Remote Program, meeting other travelers and meeting other people of all different kinds of unique stories and being in that sort of community too. So, yeah. No, I bet. I do hear a lot of people that when they're like, okay, the, the idea of going digital nomad, let's keep the stuff in storage or, you know, let's rent out the apartment. And a lot of them within months, both of those things kind of go away that they find that they love this life and they realize that when they want to come back to, let's say, a bricks and sticks, they can do that and not have to worry about the stuff that's in storage. I like that it's, it's the accidental digital nomad. I mean, I like this part of the story because a lot of times there's a lot of prep and a lot of planning and things. And I feel like with a lot of prep and a lot of planning comes canceled plans sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, that you just, you're overthinking it so much. Yeah, I mean, Alaska for your first one and being you know, four day, four hours of daylight that I'd be like, okay, well, maybe we need to rethink this. But I also think, you know, you guys brought in so much so far in the sense that I don't think people realize when you come from really big metropolitan areas, the amount of time that's wasted every day getting to and from work. And when I do a three hour commute now, I usually go through two or three states. You know what I mean? Like, just, just me going from, it's, it's not me going 27 miles, you know? I mean, I, I even got to the point where I was like, if I start marathoning training, I could probably get to work faster. <laughs> those guys are, those guys wrong. are, yeah, it's ridiculous. Real quick though, what part of LA did you live in? So um, originally I lived in North Hollywood in like Burbank, North Hollywood area, gotcha. and then um, moved uh, that's when I was driving through the mountains. To, I was working in Beverly Hills. So it was like, I uh, can't actually get closer to work. I'm not going to live in Beverly Hills. Um, right. <laughs> but then I moved um, after North Hollywood. I was working remotely. I moved to Santa Monica. And um, Chris lived in yeah, North I, Hollywood. Well, I started living downtown 8th and Flower first. Yeah, he um, lived right in the middle of it for a while. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> got, out of there, got out of there quick. Uh, went to North Hollywood for a bit and then over to Brentwood. Yeah, because he, he worked on the west side. So we were trying to like, for a while, he was driving like three different highways to and from work. Um, At at the worst times of the day. (laughs) So moved to the west side in Brentwood, and then I just wanted to get out of the heat, so I moved to Santa Monica. (laughs) I think the SNL skit that most people probably don't get, but once you live in, I took the 405 to the 105 to the 10 to the 57 to the 55. (laughs) Legitimately happens, like where people, and so when we're in these states that have one area code and one freeway, I'm like, how how did you why do you even ask for directions this is so easy <laughs> yeah when we so, first came to Tulsa I was like wow like we can go all the way to the other side of town and this is crazy, crazy. <laughs> it is really different for sure so obviously if you haven't put the two together they have basically house set for strangers <laughs> for almost two years, which in itself is incredible. But it makes sense because I was thinking, really, you'd want to have strangers? But then I'm also like, you know, I'm almost 50 and no one's ever asked me to house sit for them. So I'm like, yeah, maybe it is you don't want your friends to house sit for you. You'd rather have someone you don't really know. And most people that you know, they have their own home anyway. So it's just they would have to temporarily come by and check on. So this is really interesting. So how did, how did you find this out? Like, how did you guys figure out that this is an actual viable option for traveling and having a nomad lifestyle? 
So I like have been friends with like digital nomads and things like that for a while. Um, through through marketing, I do Facebook advertising for people, and that's kind of how I met different travelers. And so I got a part of this group of just all location independent people. And then uh, one person just started posting about house sitting. I was like, wow, that's a, that's really cool. I'd never heard about that option. And we went. I looked into the website and stuff, and everything is like background checked and secure. And I was like, well, let's give this a try. <laughs> Um, so we started doing that and we found that we just, the people that you meet are usually like they're because tra they're traveling too. And that's why you're going to house it for them. So they're travelers as well. And to me, I was like, wow, this is such a great opportunity for us to help other people have the opportunity to travel and, um, and, and still take, take care of their pets and for them to have peace of mind, knowing that everything is taken care of while they're gone. That was a huge thing for me. I was like, this is, of course, it's great for us. Like we get to stay in a place for free and we get to visit a place, but also we're helping someone else. And we get to scratch our need to have a pet around and yeah. not actually have to <laughs> buy food. <laughs> <laughs> we get to take care of cats and dogs and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> this is really interesting. Like, I'm really like, wow, I might have to figure out a way how to do this. And I'm, cause I'm the same <laughs> way. Like I, I love other people's pets. Like, it's just the way I just don't want the responsibility. I had four kids and pets are harder than kids. I don't want, I don't want someone like a full-time pet. So this is really, it's really funny. Now the Paris thing sounds amazing to go from, Alaska, which, you know, still is a really cool experience, but then to get where it's like, hey, come out into Paris and stay here. And it is kind of really cool to hear that people are still doing these long-term kind of vacations themselves to this is where this is a need. What's like a, what's a standard kind of stay for you guys in regards to time? How much time are usually at someone's place? And what are you guys doing or what did you guys do in between if you just couldn't find one? Yeah, so we tried to do like the longer house sits. We like being um, in a spot for longer, especially since we're working as well. Uh, we're not like, we're not able to like go tourist all the time. So we like to do two, three weeks. Like usually our minimum was like 10 days. Um, there was a couple of times where we did three or four days when we wanted to, but most of the time it was 10 days minimum and up to like three or four weeks. So we really enjoyed those longer house sits and you get a feel for the place that you're staying and you get to like get to know the pets and you get the routine down and because it can be tiring learning the same routines over and over again for different people. But when you're in a place for three or four weeks, it's really nice. And there's there's kind of two different styles of travel. You talk about like what we do in between the, the chunks of a month here, a month there. There might be a week or two in between and we transition from this like more marinating style of, of travel where you kind of soak in the culture and uh, take life at the same pace as the locals do. When you transition, you do more like a speed run of a trip where you can actually see a bunch of places in two weeks that are at a much faster pace mm. than the house sits. So we you call that like our big, it's actual vacation. Like I would take vacation time from work and we would like <laughs> do like travel. <laughs> gotcha. Like is it like normal vacation things. Yeah. So. And you're able to see like, oh, like we did this in Spain where we, we visited Madrid then we visited Barcelona. San Sebastian. San Sebastian yeah. and kind of saw, okay, we're eventually, would we want to come back and say, you know what? I really need a month in this place to really kind of soak in the culture a bit more. Yeah, I am surprised about, I, I mean, look back at my own life, we were really fast in the beginning and we've embraced longer stays. I think it was more about like, we wanna check off the maps, you know, that we've been to all these places where now we are staying, I like your marinating analogy, you're staying somewhere a little longer, which is really nice. But Chris, you did say something too, going back that I liked where you were saying that because of, it's not $100 a night or $200 a night, you don't feel compelled to like really, 
press yourself to get the most out of it in you know a small amount of time which i think is important i think a lot of people when they are let's say even going on vacation and they're they're purchasing these really expensive airbnbs or huts or whatever there is that pressure to like get it all in which really takes away from the experience sometimes it makes it harder and so when you're there and it's basically your home for a month or two weeks it does allow you to kind of sit back and still get the experience without the pressure, if that kind of makes sense. I mean, at least that's what I was kind of hearing from you, which is really cool and an interesting kind of insight. Yeah, absolutely. Like in a place we stay at a lot in Normandy, the there's not really a lot to do to speed run the place. I mean, you can do the museums, you can do the the Normandy beaches, but but then you're missing like, a lot the culture. Yeah, when you stay in a place for longer, it opens up new doors that you can appreciate, like a stroll on the beach for two hours, or um, going and sitting at a restaurant and having a two, three hour dinner. Like I would feel such pressure if I was spending so much money per night, and I, that option of enjoying that slow paced marinating style wouldn't be available to me because I'd be in my head constantly thinking, "Come on, come on, we got to go to the next thing." <laughs> and even when we like go, if we're paying for like a month long in the Airbnb, it's still like we're staying for a month. We just, I don't know. I think that traveling for whenever we do like the shorter runs or doing a two week trip or a one week trip or something, I find myself just feeling so much more exhausted. I'm like, wow, this is like, it's a I, lot of stimulation. Yeah, I noticed the difference a lot more. And like, I don't think that we could have traveled for so long full time if we were just doing it one week or two weeks at a time. Um, and that's just also because I think we're working full time and we're traveling. I just feel like I would, I don't know, I would get so much more exhausted and so much more burnt out faster. No, that makes sense. I think the one kind of plus, let's say to RV life is that I'm never packing or unpacking, really. I mean, I am in a sense. There's stuff you kind of have to put away before the, the truck starts rolling. But compared to like, you know, in and out of hotels, you know, for shorter stays, like I, when I talk to people that are doing like shorter stays, hotel stairs, stays, sorry, little Airbnbs, that's a lot of packing and unpacking. And I could see how that could get a little tiring as well. Where are you guys spending most of your time though? So, so far I've heard quite, you know, Alaska, and then obviously a lot of Europe, but where have you been doing the majority of the, the house sitting? Majority of our house sitting, um, between Europe and the U.S., basically, um, for house sitting, we spent probably like half and half in Europe. We, after we got married in December, we went to Mexico for a couple weeks, and then we went to Europe for the remaining, like another six months, and then came back to the U.S. for a month in Vermont, and then we went to Puerto Rico for a month. So we went to like Germany, UK, Ireland, France, Spain, Italy, um, just kind of like all around in Europe. And then, um, yeah, and then in the US, we spent like a month in Portland. We spent, we went back to LA for a little bit. We went down to Austin and Texas and um, in Vermont. But yeah, that's kind of like the majority of our house sitting has been between Europe and the US. Very cool. Like, I think people are probably that have been thinking about this or not even knowing about this are getting their mind blown right now because I am a little <laughs> where you're getting that much travel in. And and so the stuff that you have to come out of pocket for, obviously, is still, are you still, you're still paying to get yourself to and from these house stays. It's just, you're not paying for basically, the, let's say the hotel fee in a way while you're in these cities or is there, is there more to it? Is there a compensation on top of the stay or is it just the straight stay? No, it's just for staying there for free and taking care of their, most of the time it's taking care of pets as well. And that's because of like international tax reasons and things like that. You can't really like, we can't even really accept payment. Because um, then it becomes a working yeah, visa then, situation. Yeah, then you're mm. no longer a tourist visa. <laughs> 
um, so things like that. But yeah, so we just we pay for our transportation and food and things and all that. But it's nice because then we have you know, we're staying in a home, so we have a kitchen and we can cook. And I love going to like the markets and cooking whatever like food is local to where we are. And I wouldn't necessarily be able to do that in hotels. Uh, we do we try to stay in Airbnbs for the kitchens for the same reason. But yeah, it's nice to be able to go to, to a grocery store and buy your meal from a grocery store. You know, with the ingredients and stuff, instead of spending seventy dollars per night on a meal is highly effective. Eating restaurant meals for a year and a half would not be yeah. good for us. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's funny, I, I, someone I spoke to that did Airbnb travel, they said that they were like constantly buying like a, like a wine opener. They were like, they would go to a place and the people didn't drink wine. So they had to buy one. And I thought that's funny that that's something you got to think about or, <laughs> yeah. you know, and especially with the, if you're doing hotels a lot, then you, if you want to do any kind of like, even if the hotel had a small little kitchen, it doesn't always have all the spices that a normal like home will have that you obviously can partake in. Um, I, I want to hear a horror story. I have to assume there's been something and I, and I usually do these high lows in kind of the life in the podcast, but I, I don't know. My gut just tells me there has to have been something that's been a little weird that has gone on. And I'd love to hear it if you guys are comfortable with sharing one of those with me. Yeah, I mean, people usually ask that too. And I like to say, like, we've never we've never had, like, true horror stories. Like, we've never had incredibly bad experiences. But I know Chris has one where I was at a conference in Portland. And I'll let him. Oh, I, boy. I, I felt so bad because we were in Portland for three weeks. I Mostly because I was going to a conference. And he was staying at the house taking care of the, the dog and a cat. Man, I've repressed this memory. <laughs> <laughs> Show me where the host touched you on the doll. <laughs> what happened, Chris? So, so Ellen's gone. And I'm with with this dog, and uh, well, the cat's name was Princess. Princess. We had. Should, a, wait, should I say this on the pod? We had a nickname. For her. So Red we, flag. <laughs> so, so I love like I love cats, and usually they're great. We only had one cat, this one in particular, that was really mean. We called her Pissy Cat. Nice. That's, that makes sense. You you would go to feed the cat, and as you're pouring the food into the bowl, she would come and scratch like scratch the top of your foot to make you bleed, and then she would start eating <laughs> as part of her routine. Wow. <laughs> but as Ellen's off to this conference, um, I wake up and there's a smell. There's a turtle we're taking care of in the in the basement, and just give him some lettuce leaves. It's fine. So I'm going to take take care of the turtle, and there's this aroma that starts seeping up into the kitchen from the basement. I'm like, that does not smell pleasant. And Ellen's already gone. It's just me by myself. And uh, let's go take care of this mission. What What is the surprise down here? I go into the basement and it's like the short haired carpet. Every possible walkway into the basement is smeared and covered in a thin layer of diarrhea. And it's there's no windows. There's no ventilation. It's just all over the place. I begin cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. Fast forward two hours, uh, I then have to find some kind of cleaning supply to like, okay, now how do I disinfect it? Now that it, the substance the is dog, gone. The dog had gotten super sick. Very sick. Oh. And uh, I, I grabbed the spray bottle and it looked like it was cleaning supplies. So I started spraying it around and the smell got much worse. And I was like, what am I spraying this with? And then I look at the bottom of the bottle and it says ammonia. Oh no. I've just been spraying in a closed environment, ammonia and dog diarrhea. It was, uh, after six hours of this process, I was texting Alan the whole horror story like, this is all you've phone. missed. <laughs> oh. I couldn't look at my phone because I was at the conference until I opened and I see this long stream of text. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> so like, 
things like that's like the worst of it and there are other things where like we were staying at a house in normandy where like the septic tank backed up into the bathroom and like we had to take care of that and deal with you know talking with a, a plumber in french you know like things like that oh, then the sheep got sick we were taking care of sheep it got sick and we had to talk to like with a veterinarian in french so things like that happen um but they're not like they're not like house sitting horse or they're just kind of things that would happen in a normal daily life if you own a home or if you have a pet you know right um, and it, it's just kind of part of it but yeah yeah some those i think those are the worst of it really <laughs> i like the lifestyle because when i ask people to talk about horror stories a lot of times they are followed up with giggles you know what i mean like where it's like they're laughing like oh you gotta tell that one that's so good and i'm thinking like in Outside of digital nomad, when you ask someone like, okay, tell me a low that's happened in your life, it gets really deep and dark usually, you know what I mean? Where it's really, you know, my mom suffered from this and passed away. I'm like, oh, I, I didn't want to go there. I just wanted to. And with this lifestyle, with digital nomad, I feel like those are the things that are talked about. Now, you guys mentioned some things that I have to follow up on. And first, I'll do the pets. So I wasn't expecting turtle and sheep to hear those as pets i'm thinking dogs and cats is there been any have there been anything else above and beyond kind of your normal domestic besides turtles and sheep we try like i mean there's always, not that we've applied for yeah there's always house sets oh. that are like like for like um horses or reptiles and things like that but like we don't have any experience with horses and stuff so we don't apply for those um now granted we didn't have any experience with sheep but no, they, but they said friend. it was they said it was easy and by the end of the experience i had to tackle a sheep to give it medicine <laughs> oh wow so we learned yeah <laughs> but they were up. friends at that point and they were like don't worry you guys will pick it up it was like okay <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually friday we're heading out to take care of our first set of chickens yeah <laughs> chickens chickens and ducks don't scare me i will say that staying on a bunch of farms llamas stay away from llamas because even though even though the farmer's like they're totally fine i found out that i think this llama had never seen anyone almost six foot seven Mm. so i was a real threat to him and oh, wow. his llamas that had never gotten aggressive it's on video too i like i i put my fists up i thought i was actually gonna have to fight a llama <laughs> <laughs> and so oh like That's yeah don't snap out of mind <laughs> yeah and don't do goats i feel like goats when their homeowners are gone do some like of the worst things to you know like the the property and stuff like i've heard many horror stories with goats and kind of a thing that's hysterical to me that you guys have done all <laughs> these cool animals you did say six months and just for listeners what are the issues of being out of country i don't know enough i've never done that long of a stay when you said six months i was thinking is because i've heard it in reverse coming into the states is that something when you're gone you have to come back within six months or is there any kind of issue you could keep going or so on that, on that stint, we maxed out the Shenzhen visa. Which and that's... So the Shenzhen visa is like, uh, it's the name of a country in Le or city in Luxembourg where they you know, formed this treaty of a bunch of countries in Europe where you can stay in a combination of those countries for three months out of every six months. And so we maxed out that visa, which we sent three months in that, the, the, that combination of countries. And then we went to the UK and the UK, you can stay up to six months as an American. It's not part of the Shenzhen visa, separate visa. And we stay in the UK for three months have like you could stay in Europe longer like you could go to like Georgia has a, a one-year visa on arrival um, in Georgia for for US and Canada and Australia citizens so you could stay longer we just didn't that time we were coming back to the to the states to go on another house set here but um, yeah so like we we like try to be strategic with our uh, visas we never had any major issues we did have one like 
I had to explain to a gate agent she was asking me because she saw our return flight ticket was like six months later and she was like well you're going into flying into France and then out of France you can't stay there for six months and I was like well we're going into the UK and stuff in between that and she was like oh okay okay <laughs> so gotcha. um, yeah like we've never had any major issues with visa we just know I just know the the law beforehand so in case I get questions like that from a gate agent I can answer it um, and have a plan for, and show her, like, we have our plane ticket into the UK, so we're not, like, violating anything. <laughs> How are you guys received now? In the, in the RV life, the first thing I did was got rid of my California license plates and put on <laughs> South Dakota, because California can trigger a lot of people in a lot of different areas, especially nearby states where we have moved out of California and driven up real estate rates, just because it's such a, you know, it's such a bargain for us leaving LA and buying something for $200,000 you know, that you just can't do and everything gets driven up. So we got rid of our plates as soon as we could. How is it with uh, being an American in some of these places that you're staying? What's been the experience? Been great all the time? Um, not so great? How's it been for you guys? I think that a lot of times people are curious also because of our age, like because we're younger um, and house sitting, it's normally like you'll see like retired people that are other that are sitters and things like that. So usually we get questions of like, well, how are you guys able to, to house it for us for a month and things like that. And so we, we usually explain that we also work. And so as far as like being American citizens, I don't know, have we ever had, usually just people are curious. They ask us about like, like from, what are you yeah. doing in Normandy in the winter? Yeah. Like, like usually you guys come in the summer, like, yeah. aren't you a bit early? Yeah. And we try Like we always try to learn a little bit of the language where we're going. And so that we're not, we try just not to be like those American tourists, you know? Right, right. Um, and usually we get the whole like, wow, you're not like normal American tourists. I'm like, well, like we're, we're also like full-time travelers. So I think that makes it a little bit different. Yeah. And, and again, you're, I mean, you are there on vacation in a sense. No, I don't even want to say that because I hate when people even refer to me as being on vacation. You're, you're definitely there traveling, but you're also exploring. So it's, it is about, you know, kind of getting out there and seeing where you're at, which is really great, but it's definitely different than vacation. I do like that you're at places in off season. I've really enjoyed that so far in the States, being at places where, you know, everything drops financially because it's just not normal time of the year that people come hang out. It's empty. It's a ghost town. And people do ask, what are you doing here? I think that's really funny that you've ran into that. Um, what are you guys doing for vehicles when you're in these areas? Do they come with the home sometimes or is it just, you know, kind of commuting yourself around? The only houses we apply to are ones that say on the listing that includes the car. Unless it's in a major city. Like we we have that in London. We're like, we don't need a car in that, you know? But like with the countryside, they, they'll say on the listing that it includes a car. And Chris, like you drive manual. I'm not, I'm not so great. <laughs> we, 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 we tried. We gave it the good old college try with you. <laughs> so, yeah. So Chris drives manual and he has his international driver's license. So Which, um, which yeah. all that is, is just like go to the AAA and get your get an international driver's license yeah, yeah that, that's all you have to do and it's good for six months so he has that and then we just make sure that like we have we have our own like car insurance we're insured as drivers of other people's cars so. nice you've done a lot of i had a buddy in high school that had a right driving volkswagen bug and it was the weirdest thing to sit in the driver's seat and not have a steering wheel um i didn't i don't think i drove his bug that much but what's that been like for you have you experienced some of that yeah, in, in, in France and every, in Germany and everything, it's all on the right side still. But when we go to the UK, it's it's a lot to get used to because you always kind of justify in, in any right driving area. You justify to have the line like right next to you. 
and when you're when you're on the other side of the road you're not used to the measurements like like i'm i'm not i'm used to being in the left wheel well not the right wheel well so it it you know that takes a bit to get used to and knowing which direction to yield to the traffic you know making a right turn is harder than making a left turn uh, those things kind of throw you off a bit but after a while you get used to it and then going back to right side driving is a, a day or two of confusion but nothing dangerous yeah i would think i would think changing gears left-handed would be weird for me are the pedals the same though i i really don't know is it still yeah, the, pe the pedals are the same as yeah, far yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking weird. i got confused my feet too but yeah pedals are the same i i don't know if i i could maybe do the left hand shift but i don't think if i had to like clutch with my right foot i think that Oof. would be that would be tough yeah well, look at you, millennial, learning how to drive a stick shift. <laughs> so proud of you. We, we went from, from the farm vehicle in Normandy, which was like an old car, old manual. And that was, you know, there's a very small place for the clutch to catch. And then these newer, like, Fiats in Italy, they're extremely easy. They have, like, hill assist. I, I'm all part of this hill assist game. I love it. Especially is, in Italy in those hills. <laughs> That is, I mean, full disclosure, I hadn't driven stick for years, and my son, who's now 26, when he turned 16, 10 years ago, I got him a Jeep that was, I just thought it would be good for him to learn manual, at least some point, because every, no, it, you can't even really buy a manual car, really, anymore, and there, I had some moments where I was like, oh, man, I forget, like, I don't know how we did it, where you're trying to drink something and put in navigation, <laughs> and still, like, it's just, this is more distracted driving than texting, is trying to remember to shift, we, all cars should be automatic, except for, no, we car. came back to automatic world in the U.S., I got bored when i was driving i'm like ellen i she has like a, a mixture hybrid manual thing where like the, there's no clutch but you just kind of like flip the gears up and down i had to do that because i was just so bored when i was driving i missed the clutch i missed the you know, the action right right do you know that's why the the 110 freeway is so curvy up there by the curves and the tunnels really? it, it's made that way because they they designed it because they felt drivers would get bored oh, doing wow. that long stretch and so they made it all curvy and you know kind of and they just never expected there to be traffic you know who cares if you're in traffic in a curve but that's why that one stretch of freeway is so curvy and all those tunnels and all that they made it so it'd be exciting same thing i think with going up and down kind of the coast if you ever notice the the one doesn't actually sometimes follow the coast they just do these weird in and out curves that make no sense and it was for that so you just didn't get bored which wow but remember you were going what 30 yeah. at max yeah. in a model t you know <laughs> i remember when i first started driving in la it was that kind of rock and roller coaster experience in orlando there's this ride called rock and roller coaster and it's like this experience that you're in a limo and you're driving through la and it's going through loops and turns and twisties and it's apparently it's what it's meant for on the i-10 being curvy like interesting <laughs> yep. parallel it is really funny all right so let's get down to some of your favorite places now that i was kind of asking if your horror stories which weren't that bad but oh you know what little side note little help for you guys if you are pet sitting and they have a roby vacuum cleaner turn that off i've heard horror stories where pets have accidents and you guys leave the house and then that roby just takes it everywhere all oh, through the house because it doesn't know and it's like once i heard it out i was like i would never have a roby if i had a dog that could possibly have an accident and then because when you were telling me that story that's what reminded me it's like oh i know what happened here the dog hit it in one zone and this roby just took it from corner to corner so make sure to oh, make sure man, to turn those off when, <laughs> when you're yes. there so let's talk about some of the the fun places and fun stories i know we've we've had a few but give me some of the highlights of places and things you guys have done um probably one of our favorite house sits 
was we love Normandy. We go in house at Normandy about a month. Uh, we've gone there like four months, about a month every year for the last four years. And then um, just like the countryside and how peaceful it is and calm. I know your favorite, Chris really loves England. Yeah. Yeah. He loves like when we house that, we house that in a really tiny village outside of Cambridge. Yeah. It, it was interesting because in Cambridge, it, you have what's called the right to roam in England, where you kind of walk from town to town. And sometimes it's through people's backyards. It's, it's an established path, but you're like you're walking practically through their backyards and it's just so beautiful. I play this game a lot on the computer called Skyrim. It's a bit of an older game, but it reminds me of that kind of adventuring world where you're just walking from town to town. You see a steeple off on the horizon and that's your destination. You just kind of angle toward that, that steeple and you know, a couple hours pass by and next thing you know, you're in a English pub having meat pies. <laughs> Another one of our favorite memories is before we went to that house sit in Cambridge, we had a gap again. We had like a, a few days between house sits. And so we were looking at like things to do near Cambridge or what, what could we do? And we we're like, man, wouldn't it be cool if we could just like sit in and audit a class at Cambridge University? And I found that Cambridge has a continuing education department that you can stay and do like a day long class and you can stay on site at like a bed and breakfast and so we actually we took a philosophy class at Cambridge University and it was tons of fun and learned a lot it was so interesting to like have the you can feel the cobwebs and the rust and the gears just start turning <laughs> in the mind as you haven't been in college in so long and uh, so the philosophy professor was like talking way over our heads in the first hour but after after about an hour we got into it but fast forward we about a couple a week later we i emailed the professor and asked if we could do like a little interview with them just to see if um you know we could kind of pick his brain about some things and sure enough he's, he's like yeah come on by I'll, I'll, i'm available on this day from this time to this time set up the camera set up the microphone and we were able to interview a cambridge philosophy professor and just ask him some questions it was really really lovely in an old historic um like an old hunting lodge from one of the kings or king, something. king, <laughs> king henry, henry the something wow yeah. That's really cool. It was magical. That is very cool. And then he told us to go and have tea in uh, Wittgenstein's garden where he and his other philosopher buddies would kind of go and talk and think. And we went there and did that as well. We had tea under like a willow tree in a tea garden. This, is the, so nice. this is the most pretentious memory. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did kind of like trigger me in the sense where you're like walking through someone's backyard. You know, I'm from like, I'm like from real Los Angeles. That's not something you do. No matter, <laughs> yeah. you put your sights on the closest fence and you hop over it before someone notices you. But it's just, it is, I mean, even when I'm traveling and I see these homes without fences between their houses, I trip out on that. Wait, what? You guys have the same, who knows where to stop cutting the grass? Like, I don't get it. Like, it's really bizarre. Those are really good experiences. Now, have you had any repeat stays? Because, I mean, you did say Normandy, you know, four times. I'm just, my mind was saying, are these the same people? Have you had repeat customers? Yeah, so we have done like repeat house sits. Normandy is the same house and the same pets. And we're going on Fridays. Normandy That's where we're going to it back again. And then actually the Cambridge house sit is the, the son and daughter-in-law of the Normandy couple. They recommended us to them because they were going out of town. And then we also did a repeat house sit outside of London. In Barnes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we just, we, repeat house sits are usually really nice because then you don't have to like relearn the routine of, right. the, of the pets. And then also you get to like, you become friends with the people that you're watching their house because usually you'll have, like you'll meet them for dinner or something and then the next day they leave and then when they're coming back you can you, you know have dinner together or something again but it's just kind of it's nice to like connect with people all around the world and become friends through this process yeah so we have something obviously you might know about there's like boondockers welcome and harvest hosts where mm -hmm. 
people basically open up their property and you can stay there with your RV if it's self-contained. And those people have become friends of mine. And I'm the, I went back and did a six week stay at one of them. And wow. even like where I'm at right now, Lake Waco, I've been here three times and I have friends that aren't in the lifestyle that'll ask me, why do you keep going back to the same spot? Because of what you're saying, it's, it is really, not, it feels like coming home in a way, like a little mini home. Cause I know Absolutely. where everything is and I don't Absolutely. have to relearn. Like, like yeah. we, we have a baker and, and the baker knows us in, in the little French village. And we have a restaurant where we know the chef and we know the owners of the restaurant to the point where, where um, we were, we were, ordering something off the menu or off the cart. And, and uh, one of the things that we wanted wasn't part of the part of the combination. And I said, well, you know, we can't get that dessert because, because it's not part of the combination. And the, he was the chef and the owner. And, and he said, Hmm, let me ask the owner. Yeah, it's okay. Go ahead. Get it. <laughs> and another pretentious story. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of them. Full of them. <laughs> You're so European, Chris. It's amazing now. I love it. But, you know, once you buy the hat, you're in the club. Without a doubt. I hear you. That's awesome. I, obviously, I, I mean, I'm a little bit on your intake form, it talked about that you guys are at some point working on a, a travel blog. Where are people finding out like how to do this? Like, Are you guys able to share some of the resources where people need to go? Um, in the interim, or is it should they hook you up with you guys to ask questions? Where could people find out more information about house sitting internationally? So we have, we have a YouTube channel for Chris and Ellen YouTube channel where we talk about like how to like plan long term travel, how to pack for a long trip, and we haven't we're, we haven't talked about exactly how to house it yet. There's like some references to it. we show like vlogs of our Alaska house sit and of our Normandy house sit, and we have links to the details of that in the descriptions of those videos. So if someone wants to like see kind of what it's like house sitting or what the things that we do they can check out our youtube channel and it's youtube.com forward slash chris and ellen yeah and really i'm almost on all their socials it's uh chris and ellen and i'll link yeah. all that down <laughs> below too so you guys can uh where do you guys say you're probably most active youtube or instagram youtube yeah nice. we post on youtube we post a video once a week and instagram like i try to put keep up with it like once or twice a week too but definitely youtube well i am I think I'm out of questions. I really enjoyed this. Oh, you know, I guess one last one. So we have the repeat and you did say referral. Have there been a lot of other kind of referrals too? Is that how this kind of side of the industry works where people will refer you or is it just in that one case that you gave as an example? In Europe, I think that the, there's been more referrals. Like people ask us like, hey, I have this friend that we're like, they haven't joined trusted house sitters. That's where we house it through. Yeah, but like, would you guys be interested in house sitting for them? I think that like house sitting is more of a, uh, more common in Europe. And so, and people also travel for longer periods of time in Europe. So we've gotten more referrals over there than we haven't ever really gotten any referrals in the U.S. Um, but yeah, in Europe, we get like referrals or just repeat house sits, which is really nice. Um, and then you get, you get to know the people and you're more connected with them. And that way also it's like, you're not feeling like you're having to interview every single time. And you know, it's kind of nice. We, we like, and it's a compliment in itself when someone's saying, Hey, like my friend is looking for a house sitter. Would you house it for them? It's like, wow, like you really, like you felt like we did a good job and you liked us. So I, I appreciate it. <laughs> You know, that made me think of another one. What's the apply to acceptance kind of ratio for the amount of things you apply to? What are you getting accepted? In the start, in the beginning, you'll apply to a lot and not and you know, and not get it accepted to a lot because you have to get reviews like to build like your profile. Yeah, a lot of the currency you kind of apply to things with reviews. Mm -hmm, with reviews and 
um, you basically you send a message to the house set. So whatever you say in your message and then whatever reviews you have in, on your profile. And I try to like be one of the first few people to apply because I think about how like, we've also, we talked to some of the people we house it. We're like, what's it like on your end being a homeowner? And they have told me before that it can be overwhelming how many applications they get. So they'll just look at the first like five or so applications. So I try to be like one of the first of the applications. And now that we have more reviews, we get accepted. I mean, to almost every single one that we want, there, or we get into like, like we get to at least to the interview stage. Yeah, there was one that was extremely coveted. It was actually a six month stay in a French chateau where they had a maid on site, they had a gardener on site, and all you they wanted you to do is to keep the pipes warm. There was no pets. They just wanted to make sure their Airbnb that they run in the spring and summer was not going to have the pipes freeze. So just stay there, take hot showers in this French chateau, and. <laughs> there was 70 applications or something like that and we applied and got into the top three yeah and then we couldn't like because the dates changed and it was over our wedding so yeah <laughs> yeah but like i think once you get reviews and things like that it's all it's much much easier how was the the dog crap ammonia review how did that work out for you guys yeah, and you have reviews on the houses too. Like I, because I usually when I'm applying for a house set, I look at to see what kind of reviews they have as well. And um, I appreciate when other sitters are like honest when they're saying like, oh, like you know, the dog can be a little bit ornery or they like things like that. So I, I appreciate that stuff when you can decide what you want to do and what you're willing to, what your um, criteria is for a house set. It is funny that I feel like. I'll even speak to my parents and your parents. I feel like our parents really kind of screwed us when saying, don't talk to strangers, don't get in strangers' cars, and don't get in strangers' homes. And now there's social media, Uber, and Airbnb. <laughs> like everything they were, they, they made us so scared of are now billion-dollar businesses that we all missed out on because it's like no one's going to let you get in their car and drive them around. No one's going to let you come stay in their home and they're not there and they don't know you. And we all miss the I blame the parents. No matter, who, no matter what your age group is, I blame your parents. Um. <laughs> it was, I will say it was nerve wracking. Like the first time when we went to Alaska and it worked out great. It was like perfect. But then it was nerve wracking when we went to France and it was like, wow, we're going like to an entirely different country. Like there's no escape button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And these people I've never met. Um, but like the more times that we've done it, the more of like a system that we have of how like we can feel comfortable knowing who they are or just more times we've done it, realize like people are generally kind, <laughs> you know, and you kind of like, tell yourself like that the things that our parents taught us are not always true and actually your parents chris's parents have come with us on house sits before a couple of times now and they were pretty skeptical at first too but then they came on a house sit with us uh to normandy actually and they were just like wow this is such a great opportunity so now they're like our biggest advocates on house sitting <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're probably going to try to steal some of your reviews now i see that happening. <laughs> awesome well, I, I don't have anything else. If you guys have any more questions, I'll definitely link everything down where people can uh, find you guys and follow you and ask you questions and see your adventures. Um, I'm looking forward to even, uh, I try my best, like I talked about kind of before the show, not to do a ton of background because then I, I feel like it really directs kind of the conversation. I like being surprised by turtles and sheeps and not knowing that stuff ahead of time. And so, but I really encourage you guys to go and check out their stuff. And again, I'll link it down below. I thank you both really for coming and hanging out with me on the show. I think this was a really kind of nice, fresh kind of pace in something that maybe most people aren't thinking about. And I'm glad you guys were able to hang out with me. 
Yeah, thanks, thanks so much, much for it's having been, us. It's been, great. been a lot of fun. And I, I love like following you guys and following like the art full-time RVers too. And like, who knows, maybe one day we'll switch to the other side and be full-time RVers. <laughs> that'll be awesome. Well, until then I'll, uh, I'll see you guys in Normandy. Awesome. Yeah, see you there. <laughs> All right. All right. Another fun episode. And if you're like me, I really had no idea that you could, you know, do pet sitting or house sitting and actually travel the world and then even build up friendships that you're going back year after year. It was a really cool story and something I just didn't know that people were doing. Now, before you hit stop on the podcast, please take a moment to leave a review and write a comment. And it would be amazing if you could share this podcast on Facebook or Instagram and tag us. And also you can use the hashtag rootless living, all one word, hashtag rootless living. And we'll try to find your posts there as well, too. If you think you know someone to make a good guest or you know what, maybe that guest is you please have them send us over an email at podcast at rootlessliving.com. Again, that's podcast at rootlessliving.com. And let's see if we can help tell their story. Until next week, stay rootless.